This is Paul Watson, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Welcome to the Full and Focus podcast. I'm Matt Wacler. Alongside me, I'm Mr. Lover Lover, Don Love. Good evening, mate. What's the news? Uh, the news is, damn it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Just damn it. Yeah, missed opportunity, weren't it? Oh, my God. Ah, we'll no talk mind. about it. No we'll mind. talk about it. Point to point. Also here is our homegrown pod starlet, Will Oakley. You well, Will? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Win as well, and we are here to talk about our match with the wall. We're also going to look ahead to Barnsley on Saturday before we go and tuck ourselves up in bed. Let's get this done. Fulham. All right, well, the big talking point before the game was Kevin McDonald's exclusion from the starting 11. Surely this was just a case of us using our squad in a three match week, though, isn't it? Uh, K-Max 31, we've got sufficient, decent cover in that position. Probably makes sense to give him a rest. What do you reckon, Don? No, nah, I, I agree. I think this is just man management by Scott. And, uh, you know, I, I, I initially didn't think it was a bad idea. I, I can't say that Harry had the best of games. You know, uh, his, his passing wasn't all there. Uh a lot of long balls, it seemed like, and they were not on target. So he wasn't the only one doing that, though. So I'm not going to blame him coming in. I don't think that was the problem. I think, you know, lots of problems that we'll talk about here. So move on. I think the main problem with Harry Arthur is that he's just a bit of a dick. That's, that's my feeling. The way he went he, off at the end. Just get off the fucking is. pitch, mate. Get off. Oh, he, trying to get he, a winner. He is. He is. He is. And, you know, actually – I will give him credit. There was one point where I thought he would have blown up and like exploded. Okay. And that was three quarters away through the second half. He gets tripped up. He grabs the ball, but the other player, the opposition player, Millwall player grabs his foot and literally lifts his foot up and is holding it. I'd have been furious. So I was amazed that Harry didn't blow his top. So I, Hey, good for him. He, he held it in. He held it in. All right, well, he's going to have to do a lot more than that to uh, to endear himself to me. But anyway, let's move on. So the other change to Saturday's win at Blackburn was AK-47 starting in place of um, Cavalero. Um, Will, how do you think AK-47 did? Again, it's kind of similar to what we say every week. You know, he comes on, gives a bit of energy, but he doesn't really do anything with it. Um uh, he got quite, you know, into it physically. There's a lot of shoving, um, which obviously isn't a bad thing. But it's not a bad thing when you're doing stuff with the ball as well. He, he didn't really, you know, threaten the opposition defence that much. And I think we did miss Cav. I think I've always said he's better coming off the bench when defences are tired. And I think towards the end of the game, he would have been a much better. He would have been a much better player to bring on than Cav. Yeah, because Cav's good technically, and but you know, not as strong and probably not as quick as AK. Um, so again, maybe not the best decision, but it could just be about resting players and and things like that for, for upcoming games. 
I think so. Like, like I said a minute ago, it is a three-game week. But but whenever I find myself talking about AK-47, I always find myself saying, well, there was a moment in the game when he did something really well and then immediately followed it up with something rubbish. And there was a moment yeah. when I think um, like we had a corner and all our, all our defenders were obviously up for the corner. Um, but we messed it up and Millwall broke away. And he was the first one on the scene. He did really well to track back. But it seemed easier to to get the ball once he'd got in position, and he ended up just giving a foul away. And, um, yeah, he just took out the So he's he's just almost half a player most of the time. But anyway, so yeah. um, uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the start of the game. Then I, I barely uh, laid eyes on it before uh, Mitra had the ball in the net. Don, talk me through the goal. Pretty good, wasn't it? I thought it was actually really nice. Uh, so you had Josh, I believe it was. He got taken out. We get a free kick. Uh, I was a little concerned. I believe there was like three players over the ball deciding who was going to take it, you know? And I was like, well, we just need one, maybe two. You don't need three sitting there. So I forget who backed away at the last minute. It was like Brian, maybe it's Bobby and Metro. Metro ends up taking it. It comes back out, kind of gets all floundered around. Nothing really looks like he's going to happen. All of a sudden, it ends up at Brian's foot out on the right-hand side, I believe it was. He chips it in. Mm. Metro, right place, right time. Oh, my God. We it's thought we were game. having a freaking beautiful game. What's what's going on here? What a ball in. It was such a good ball in from Brian. Impossible to defend against the way it kind of bent towards the back pace. What do you reckon, Will? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've seen Brian assist from the left side a bit more. But from that right, it was, it was a great delivery, especially with your left foot. It's hard to... You know, get it in the in that place, and and for Mitrovic to be there running off the defender, a lot. I think I say this a lot. It's probably not great defending from Mill's point of view. They didn't really follow Mitrovic in quick enough, but that's just because Mitrovic, you know, he's a, he's a goal machine. He knows where to be to get the ball in the back of the net, and he he knew to run into that position as soon as that ball was out of Brian's feet. Twenty twenty one goals this season. Twenty one goals. Let's go back to Brian real quick because we're going to be hammering him, I'm sure, here in just a few minutes. Let's remember, as we're hammering him and everybody's putting him down for we know what he did, he's had three assists, three goals now. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, nobody can knock him for going forward. He's he's excellent. And the contribution he makes towards the, our attacking players is, yeah, out, outstanding most of the time. Um, Mitrovic, is he on target for 30 goals this season? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I think he can definitely get there. I. I think so. If he stays on this form, um, I mean, obviously we'll talk about the performance later on, but even when our team isn't doing a hundred percent as well as they can do, he's still popping up with goals, and, and that's what you need because he did give us confidence early on in the game, and though that may not have, you know, kind of carried on throughout the game at the time, it was great, and he's. He, yeah, like I've said, he's just an absolute goal machine. It seems like no one's there to stop him, really. Yeah, we've said before that, it, that the importance of us, the way that we play, the importance of us scoring first is paramount because that really sets us up. And if we can get our noses in front, then that means that teams have to come at us. And that then means that it leaves gaps and, you know, we should be able to exploit those gaps. And I felt like once we'd gone 1-0 up so early on in this game, I felt like it was going to be a bit like Reading away when we just went on and tore them to pieces. I know Reading had a player sent off in the first half, but 
I think arguably we'd have hammered Reading anyway that night. And I felt like we were going to do that to Millwall tonight, but it didn't happen. And Millwall just came at us. And within, a, you know, three or four minutes, it's one all. Highly contentious goal. Um, go on, Don. Talk, talk me through the equaliser. This is where a lot of people I, I know were screaming VAR, VAR, VAR. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But basically, in my mind, I watched it back uh, several times, the replay. And in my mind, what happens is, as the ball comes in, uh, it's actually hit off the opposing player, the, the Millwall player, and it maybe nicks, maybe nicks um, Josh. But everybody's offside. The minute it touched the Millwall opposing player, two players are offside. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it for me. So it should have been instantly offside, no goal. It's given anyway. Everybody starts screaming, okay, well, if we had VAR, VAR, VAR. I say no to VAR still. And my reasoning is all VAR has done is completely kept the Premier League uh, uh, in shit as far as the refereeing goes. It's only good for the top teams. It only helps them. And if you don't believe me, then go back and just look a couple weeks ago when, uh, what's his name, uh, on Man City – totally takes out the ankle of the opposing Tottenham player. Nothing given. Sterling, it was Sterling. Nothing, nothing given. And it was a bad, bad tackle. Like, he could have broken the guy's ankle. Should have been a red card. So, forget VAR. It is what it is. Move on. We should have been scoring goals. That's the bottom line. I mean, just to touch on VAR really, really quickly here. For me, it sucks the life out of the game. And it ruins ruins the experience of of being a fan in the ground because you celebrate a goal and you have to wait before you really celebrate to see if somebody in a little a little room somewhere miles away is is going to allow it. But I don't I don't care for VAR. I don't care that we didn't have VAR tonight. For me, that was quite clear and obviously offside. It's come off of the Millwall guy. Um, there's no way uh, in the world that that linesman or that referee could possibly have seen that it came off of uh, Josh Onoma because it didn't. Um, so they had to give the benefit of the doubt to, to the defending team, in my opinion. Should have been ruled out. What do you, what do you reckon, Will? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I think there was some point, I think it was as um, kind of the second half kicked off, they said that the fourth official's um, explanation for it was that the, the linesman didn't see it, that he didn't. Um, that he thought the players were on side. It wasn't even that he thought it came off Onoma. He genuinely thought them players were offside. Uh, I, it's just ridiculous. They were so far offside. They were almost in it, a different postcode. They were so offside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They were, it's just, I don't see how you can't see that. Yeah, It's ridiculous. Oh, well, I guess I guess uh, you win some, you lose some in those situations. And, yeah. and we definitely lost on that one. Um Okay, a few minutes later, 22nd minute, Millwall are really in the ascendancy after they've they've scored. They're coming at us. Um, Joe Bryan gives away a silly penalty. He knew straight away the look on his face. He knew that it was a penalty. Nobody argued. Um, Upsteps Jeb Wallace and stuck the ball into the into the roof of the stand. So that was nice to see. Um, we we all, we all have a good good laugh at Millwall uh, about that, but I don't think I've seen a worse penalty than that since uh, Fulham circa sixteen seventeen when we missed about twenty five penalties in a season. Okay, hey, so I don't want to give any excuses for Brian there. That that was you know a very bad uh, tackle, but 
if you notice, he kind of slips, and it's because that pitch was just complete crap, absolute crap. The pitch. The pitch. Nothing but wobbles and bobbles. Yeah, I, I hadn't really noticed uh, the state. Well, I have noticed the state of the pitch. We, we were talking about it on Sunday when West Brom were playing, but I hadn't really noticed it having an impact on us until quite late on in the game when a couple of our players, I think Cavalero fell over and then Harry Arta slipped quite near the end as well. Um, it is a mess and it's in the same city as ours. What are they doing with that pitch? Do they have, do they have another sport on it or something or are they, are they just not as good at us at, at looking after their pitch? I don't know. That was, it's, it's, yeah, like there's a few slips late on. Um, and maybe Brian did slip, slip for the penalty. I, I didn't really. I just thought, you know, what is he doing keeping his leg out? But yeah, maybe he did slip. Um, but yeah, I, they do need to improve the pitch because players are slipping all over the place. It's like, it's, it's just like going to your local playground and playing football there. It's just a bit of a stay, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't good. Um, the rest of the first half was quite uninspiring from Fulham, I thought. Millwall kept on um, attacking us, and whilst Rodak didn't really have a great deal to do, if, if anybody was going to score in that first half, it looked like it was going to be them. Um, did, did you think, Will, that, that Millwall were going were gonna to get a second goal? Yeah, I was quite nervous at points because we seemed to you know, maybe get the ball in the midfield areas and then either lose the ball from an interception or we just get, you know, pressured straight away, get tackled. Um, and they were pushing forward with force, you know, their fans were behind them. Uh, and they they seemed to just want the goal more than more than we did, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, that rest of the second half was quite nervy. We had very little chances. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and we, we were talking about Tom Kenny again, weren't we? And how um, anonymous he'd been in that first half. And all of a sudden, right before half-time, he... He looked like Lionel Messi and he danced through about five or six of their players before being brought down. And of course, we, we get a free kick on the edge of the box. Can't remember the last time we scored a free kick. Have we got one this season? Can't remember. Um, well, we really needed Alfie Mawson on the pitch to, to hit one of his thunderbolts into Rosehead, didn't we? But yeah, to, Don, talk to me about that little piece of skill by Tom Kenny. You're right. You know, Tom was absent there quite a bit. And, you know, and everybody was thinking, OK, is he actually going to provide and do, be able to do anything? And all of a sudden he gets the ball at his feet and he had three players on him like nothing. They would not relent. And he somehow got the ball to go through all three. And then he ended up with like another player and another player. And he just kept on going forward. It was amazing. So kudos to him. I, I love that he was doing that. Hopefully this is the beginning of Tom coming on more like that with the ball at his feet and, and just pushing through because we don't see a lot of that anymore. It's always Put, uh, pass the ball back, pass the ball square, you know. It, it's not really a player taking on a, a, an individual opposing teammate or, or you know, a, a defensive lineman. It's pass, pass, pass. So I liked it. It was good to see something different for once, especially on a shit field like that where the passing yeah. wasn't working. Kenny's almost a calming influence in that midfield now, though, isn't he? He gets the ball. It's almost like he's trying to slow the game down. He'll, he'll lay it off to the side. He never really makes any direct... Uh, direct through balls or any anything really offensive. But you got to think that's probably what he's being told by Scott. He's being told, you know, slow it down, control this. We don't need to be, uh, you know, trying to uh, attack it hard. We don't. We we want to kind of almost walk the ball in every time, you know. So that part really does drive me nuts. Um, 
and and it goes you know actually to k-mac k-mac has become you know the scotty parker of if k-mac gets the ball he's the one doing pirouettes now on the field that scotty used to do all the time so i i definitely think scotty's telling him slow it down let's keep control be smart about your possession and your passing we'll find the open uh areas and, and we'll you know manipulate that so I do wish we'd pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it we up. We don't find those open areas we anywhere near enough for me. But anyway, let's let's talk about the second half because we made a much stronger start in the second half to the way that we ended the first half. Um, I thought Josh Onoma had an outstanding game. Uh, he did well to get on the end of a long ball over the top um, and then he, he put it out from a silly angle. Uh, Mitro was quite disgusted with him that he tried to take that shot on. Um, and then his determination... Quite, he, Sorry. he did that twice, didn't he? Twice? Well, well I was going to say his determination a few minutes later. He kind of danced through the defence um, and then he pinged one wide. He, it was, it, he was in a better, uh, a better position then to have a shot, I think. Um, Will, how do you think Josh played? Yeah, I think I thought he was great. Um, so we saw, you know, glimpses of it in the first half and towards the end of the first half. Because I, I think someone must have said this, but in... Um, you know, when he got the ball, he just looked like such a strong dribbler. He was just running through like it was nothing and players were kind of backing off him. And if a player did go near him, he would, you know, kind of effortlessly just take it round them and either find a pass or just keep pushing forward. Um, and it was good to see because, like you say, that the likes of Kenny, although he did do a really great dribble, it, there is just kind of passing backwards. And same as Harry Arter gets the ball, can't find anything forwards, doesn't so doesn't risk it, just pass it backwards. Whenever whenever Josh got the ball, I felt like, you know, he was just bombing forward, trying to trying to create them opportunities, which is what we needed in that game, really. I'm gonna reiterate here something. Uh if people have listened to me in the past, they'll know I'm not really a Josh fan. I give him credit. He's got speed, he was able to dribble the ball, conquer a lot of space, a lot of field. I just wish he would have held the ball up and brought more players into the attack because his finishing is zero. So hold the ball up, bring Metro in, bring AK in, bring Tom in and whatnot, or Brian. And, you know, maybe that's when we should have been doing a hold it up, slow it down, pass it back, and get something in the attack. Because his his shots on goal were awful, awful. Well, Leeds United might argue that his shots on goal aren't that bad. He stuck the winner away in the bottom bottom corner of their net just before Christmas. But yeah, I, I take your point. His, his shooting tonight was off. Um, but is he starting to win you over a bit, Don? You know, th- this is where uh, I, I do agree with Matt Ten that he is a box-to-box player and he does really well on, on you know, covering a lot of space. I just feel like at times he's running around like a chicken without his head, you know, that he's just all over the place and that a lot of his runs don't have a lot of meaning or substance to them. When he does get the ball and he is dribbling though, oh my God, he 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 can conquer some space and, and you know, and, and make things happen. So I do agree with Matt. I wish they'd have gotten him the ball a little bit more, maybe it's in the middle and he could have conquered the space and made things happen. But again, when he gets down to that last third, he's got to be smarter, I think. Quit trying to beat everybody and get in behind the defense and take a shot on. Bring in everybody else. Let, hold up the ball just a little bit. Take it to the corner or something. Look for the overlap. Do something, you know, to bring other people in. That's all I'm saying. For me, he's, he's a real unsung hero in this team. And the more the more I see of him, the more I like him. 
But anyway, in the 70th minute, we make our first substitution. It was a fairly straightforward one. Cavalero came on for AK-47, um, who hadn't done a great deal all game. And we, we see a return of the, the little love note. As soon as, as soon as Cavalero comes on, he gives a piece of paper to, I think, Bobby Reed, and then... He Bob gave it to Bobby. Yeah, he gave it to Bobby. It ended, ended up with Bobby Reed anyway, and it ended up in Bobby Reed's sock. And then the second one, on. the second note came to Tom. Yeah, yeah, it did. Who knows? Who knows what was said? Um, but yeah, so Cavalero's come on. Um, he looked a bit more lively down the left. I think he he did more in the 20 minutes that he was on than AK-47 did all game. Uh, be interesting to see who starts against Barnsley on on Saturday afternoon, but we'll come on to that in a little while. And then the other change, of course, was Niskins Cabano, who came on for Harry Arter. We've already spoken about Harry Arter arguing about where he had to go off, um, uh, you know, going off at the nearest point on the pitch. Um, but then, of course, it's our best best chance since the goal in the in the last minute of injury time. Corners whipped in from the from the left, and Niskins Cabano gets in front of his man and heads it onto the crossbar. Will, did you think we scored? Yeah, I, I saw it. It was, you know, it, it was like one of them slow motion goals. Mm. It looked just like it was going straight over the keeper and kind of like the Adoy um, versus Derby, you know, one of the smaller players. And it just looked like maybe a bit of a scuffed corner, not supposed to go right at the front post, but then loops over. Um, and I thought the keeper thought he was going over as well. He kind of just stood still. And then as soon as he saw it hit the crossbar, you know, jumps kind of back into life. But it was so unfortunate if it was any, you know, tiniest bit lower. And it was as soon as Cabano came on as well. I don't think he was on for too long, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. I, I don't know. But it, he just looked, he looked all right when he came on. Um, and as soon as he was there, as soon as we got that corner, it just looked like someone was going to score from it. And it's so, so unlucky. It is frustrating to hit the bar in the last minute of injury time. And and with that, of course, we missed the opportunity to leapfrog Leeds and be in the top two for the first time this season. But we are still level with Leeds on 56 points. West Bromwich Albion have won at Reading this evening, so they're up to 62 points. So they're now six points ahead of us. But we've still got to go to West Brom later in the season. And they've got some tough games coming up as well. I think they're playing playing Forest at home on, on Saturday lunchtime. So that isn't going to be easy. Um, and all the while all these teams are playing each other, then they're going to be dropping points. Somebody's going to be dropping points. So as long as we keep picking up points, then we're going to be there or thereabouts. All right, Don, I'm going to come to you first. Um, who was your man of the match at the Den tonight? Uh, it's kind of tough. Uh, I- I'd almost be willing to give it to Brian for putting in the chip that allowed Metro to get the goal, but then he gives away a PK. So... I guess Metro for giving the goal, or again, it could be uh, Rodak, because I still think he had some really good saves tonight. So I'll go with Metro for the goal. I'll do, I'll do that. Simple and easy. All right, mate. And what about you, Will? Who is your man of the match? Um, I'm going to give it to Onomar. I think he brought a bit of creativity to the midfield, which I think without him we would have lacked if we had a, maybe a Hanson or McDonald. As much as I love them both, I feel like he brought something different to the game. And it was it was what we needed. It was just unfortunate that we didn't get a goal out of any of his um, attacks, really. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I'd agree with you. I'm also going to give it to Josh Onimer. I thought I thought he had a really good game tonight. And I I also think Joe Bryan wasn't too far behind him. So yeah, 
And I've just heard from Baldo as well. Baldo says Cyrus Christie was his man of the match tonight. And I've just heard from Danny as well. And Danny said, don't forget to mention the state of Millwall's pitch. So I think we've covered all of that off. Don's looking at me all confused. Listen to the last podcast. You'll hear what Baldwin had to say about Cyrus Christie, who didn't play. Anyway, let's come on to a Scott Parker rating. Will, what are you giving Scott out of 10 for this one? Oh, um, I'm going to have to say six out of ten. I think some of the subs could have happened earlier. And like I know we were saying, he's probably rested Cavalero and McDonald's. I feel like we miss him a lot this game. And obviously it's a hard kind of situation to put him in with the injuries and, and resting the team. Um, but yeah, and I think he only made two subs when we're 1-1 to Millwall. I think we needed a bit more life off the bench. So yeah, six out of ten. All right, mate. And what about you, Don? I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say six. And I agree with Will that uh, the subs should have been a lot sooner. And this is, seems to be becoming a pattern with, with Scotty, you know, that he's holding them so late. I wish he would have done a lot sooner, like 10 minutes into the second half. I think I would have changed things up. Uh AK, you know, he's not making it happen, unfortunately. So switch it up. Yeah, go ahead and bring back on uh, Ivan. And then I would have thought, you know, as we got down to that last 20, 15 minutes, get Harry off sooner and let's get somebody in there like, I don't know, Steph Joe or somebody who maybe would do something a little different, maybe be a little more attack-minded. Because I really think they're towards that later part of the second half. We started to take it to them. And we were actually starting to control the ball more. So why not take advantage of that and maybe see if we can't make something happen? You know, if we lose, we lose. Great, we took a point away. But I still think maybe do the subs a lot quicker. I agree with Will. Okay. I think I'm going to give uh, Scott Parker a seven. Just um, I, th- I think it was a, it was a reasonable point. The, um, the tide was turned in the first half when the decision – really changed the course of the game. Um, a, a wrong decision really changed the course of the game, I, should, I might add. And had that goal have been disallowed, then I, I think, you know, we, we go on to win that game. Um, and the complexion of the game is completely different. I, I take your point about the substitutions and, and play the hand that you dealt with. And at one all, maybe we should have done a bit more to try and go on and win that game. But at the same time, uh, a point at the den especially following uh, a, th- a three-pointer at, um, at Ewood Park at the weekend is, is a decent result. So seven out of ten for me. All right, let's draw a line under that one and let's move on to look ahead to Barnsley on Saturday. Fulham. Right, lads. So I'll come to you first, Will. Who do you, what do you think the lineup's going to be for this? Can you see there being many changes? To be honest, I think there could be quite a few. I think McDonald will come back in. Um, to start eleven because we definitely missed him against Millwall, and um, I think Cav as well, maybe Knockart even, but I do like Bobby Reed and Cav as our wingers at the minute. Um, apparently Knockart was ill against um mm. today against Millwall, so we'll, we'll have to kind of see what happens with that. But I think I'd like to see Cav and Bobby Reed, and then just McDonald's coming in for Harry Arthur to be honest. And maybe um, Congolo as well, but he's he's not really got a place in the starting eleven yet, and he was out of the um, subs today. I'm not sure if he was 
injured or ill or, or something else. But that, yeah, that would be good for me. Okay. What do you think, Don? Any any disagreements there? Uh, no, for the most part, I, I, I'd like to, you know, let's just go back to the uh, starting lineup um, for the previous match. Let's just go back with K-Mac sitting in there, Bobby and Ivan, you know, and, and just let's take it to them. You know, if I read correctly, almost all of the betting services are not allowing it or, or giving any kind of draw. They're, they're saying that it's pretty much going to be full of a, a win. So let's just, we're at home. They're, they're having a shit season. Let's, let's take it to them and let's, you know, try and really get it. Uh, there's no need to, I think, rest anybody at this point. We, we did that here in Millwall. So let's go back to what we had as far as uh, Congolo. Um, I have no idea. This is complete rumor, but I did read right before the game. People were asking why isn't Congolo on the sheet? Why isn't he on the on the bench? And uh, you know, most everybody should know that he landed awkwardly on his uh, ankle. Friends of Fulham, the 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 uh, forum, there's a guy on there, FFC uh, 1987. He said he was at the ground and he heard a rumor that uh, it was actually a really bad uh, injury and that he was being sent back to his home uh, to Huddersfield and that he wasn't going to be able to play at all the rest of the season. I hope that's not true. I hope that is just completely a rumor. But I still think, regardless if it's a rumor or not, back four still stays Hector and Ream. I, I don't see a problem with this. I think it's working really well right now. And if K-Mac's in front of him, it seems to be doing great. So let's go back to the original lineup that we've had the last couple of games. Okay. Do you think – I'm just I'm just going to really throw this one at you really quickly. Do you think Bobby Reed is worth his place in the team at the moment? Did he do anything tonight whatsoever? I can't say he had a great night tonight. What I do like about Bobby is when he is out, especially on the left-hand side, okay, he seems to connect really well with both Tom and both Brian. So that's where, you know, he's made these awesome runs into the box. Now, granted, I can't say anybody had like a phenomenal night tonight, you know, Hector, he he couldn't seem to get a pass forward, his long ball passes to to connect with anybody. So, you know, I, I can't say anybody was really on on tonight. I would have said Brian was having a great game up until he he gave away the PK, the penalty. But I can't say like anybody was really outstanding tonight in in my mind. Um, I, I, Metro, you know, he he actually was back there for defending and he headed a ball out. But other than that. I still think Bobby's a good guy. I think he he still deserves to be in the starting eleven. Plus, we we don't know the status of uh, Knockhart. You know, can he play he's a full sick. game yet? He's ill. He's ill. He oh, was Ill so now it's yet. not injury; it's illness. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully he'll be better for you know Saturday. But yeah, even if he's fully over the illness. Is he fully fit? Can he start and run, do a whole get 90 minutes if, if needed? That, that'd be the mm. question. True. All right. Well, Stato has sent over the stats for Barnsley. And I'm going to come to you first, Don, and ask you to talk us through Barnsley's season so far, which has been pretty and pretty abysmal, I would say. Yeah, you know, they, they haven't been doing very well. Their uh, original manager got sacked. Um, 
then they brought in uh um what is what is his name he's he's austrian uh struber they got a little bit, bit of a bounce but then their last five games you know four four games haven't been that great so i think they've had one draw and then like three or four losses so I think the manager bounce is gone. Uh, I think they are at a point where we could really strike hard and and we could really get all three points and hopefully get our goal differential up. You know, let Metro just blow through them. Hopefully Brian's uh, keeps uh, uh, providing service and everything. And maybe Tom, Tom gets another one out there with his, you know, beautiful left foot back in action. So. I, I don't. I don't see them. I don't really see them doing like, oh my god, to us. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it. Their overall record this season, they've only got five wins, ten draws, and seventeen defeats, and their goal difference is minus twenty-one, which is the second worst in the league. And then nine points adrift from safety as well. We've got to be. We've got to be doing something this this weekend, and I think. Because obviously they beat us earlier in the season on the opening day, but that was before we'd signed the likes of Harry Arter, Bobby Reed, and whoever else we brought in on deadline day who, who I can't think of off the top of my head. But I think this could be a proper pasting, but we're coming to a score prediction in a little while. Um, as you said, Don, um, Dan Stendhal was sacked by the club um, in October, having only been there for 16 months, but he did get them promoted last season. And they brought in the Austrian guy, Gerhard um he took charge on the 19th of November, so perhaps he hasn't had that much time to get his his methods and his ideas across yet. At the same time, though, they're running out of time, as as we fell foul of um, last season when we brought in a new manager around about the same time. Um, Will, talk us through Barnsley's key players. So they seem to be mostly attackers, to be honest. But obviously you've got um, ex-Fulham player, Cooley Woodrow, who I was actually quite a big fan of when he was at Fulham. So he's scored 11 times this season to be their top scorer. Um, and he's been playing more of an attacking midfield role where he's scored four goals from outside the box. And when he, he usually plays attacking midfield when Connor Chaplin plays up front, who's scored nine and assisted four this season. And all nine of them goals have been from the penalty area. Uh, they have Jacob Brown, who's a winger, and he's contributed the most assists with eight. And he's quite fast and is wide on the right. And Alex Mowat is a midfielder again, and he's got seven assists and three goals, and no one has played more than him for Barnsley with 30 games this season. Good stuff. And how about the um, the January transfer window for them? It's like they, they brought in some some Austrians to, you know, obviously their, their manager's Austrian. He's brought in, he's brought in some, some compatriots to try and strengthen on the side. Yeah, so he's brought in three Austrian players, but they haven't seemed to have had much of an effect yet. Okay, good stuff. Um, I touched upon it earlier, but let's uh, let's really quickly go over the um, the last time out at Oakwell. Um, as we as I said, we lost one nil. Um, we had fifty five percent possession, um, fifteen shots, but only four on target that day, and zero goals. And 438 passes, which is way less than our season's average of 562 at the time these stats were put together, which was obviously before the middle game. Um, the defence that day was Dennis Adoy and Joe Bryan at fullback and Alfie Mawson 
and Maxime Lamarchon at centre-back. So we're going to have a, a brand new, uh, well, not brand new, but new, a completely different, let's say, um, centre-back pairing to the one that played that day. Um, and that was Kevin McDonald's only start of the season prior to recently being brought back into the uh, back, back into the Fulham side. Um, let's pull together our form against um, relegated teams over the past few seasons. Um, it's not that bad. In 2014-2015, we had one win, four draws and one defeat, and the relegated teams that season were Millwall, Wigan and Blackpool. In 15-16, uh, three wins, three draws and zero defeats. Charlton, MK Dons and Bolton were, uh, were the teams to go down that season. 2016-2017, Blackburn, Wigan and Rotherham went down and we won four and drew two with zero defeats. And then in our promotion season of 17-18, Barnsley, Burton, Albion and Sunderland went down and we had four wins and two defeats. Um, which gives a total of 12 wins, nine draws and three defeats at this level. So it's not too bad. Um, Stato has also uh, noted at the end that Barnsley haven't done the league double over Fulham since the 99-2000 season. Right, lads. So let's have a look at a score prediction from you both. I'm going to come to you first, Don. What, how do you think we're going to do? I think we're actually going to do really well. I think, well, Millwall... It's a disappointment. At least we got a point. If we can't beat um, these guys heavy-handed and easily, then we have no business being in contention for automatic promotion, you know? So I'm going to say 3-0. They may get one, you know, as a fluke. We always seem to cough up one. So maybe 3-1, three, 3-1. Three to 3-1 one. to one. Three, one from Don. Okay, what about you, Will? What do you think? I was actually going to say the same, but um, I'll go with 4-1. I'll go for one more. I I feel like I don't want to be, you know, too cocky, too confident because, you know, as they showed on the opening day of the season, they beat us 1-0. So it's not going to be, you know, a run around the park. We're going to go win 7-0, 6-0, whatever. But um, I think on the stat-wise, it could be a lot closer than we think. But I feel like, again, like the last few games, it could be some scrappy goals going in. And I think our players will just out better them and we'll just end up scoring more. Simple as that. So I'll go yeah, for I one. I think so. I think, we'll, I think we're going to be much better than them this weekend. We're going to be too much for them. I think we'll win 4-0. I think we'll keep a clean sheet and we'll score a few goals as well. Um, other fixtures of note this weekend, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, is West Brom versus Nottingham Forest. Saturday lunchtime, 12.30 kickoff at the Hawthorns. Big, big game um, around the top of the table. Um, also, Brentford are going up to St Andrews to play at Birmingham and Leeds are at home to Bristol City. So they're the ones to watch out for this weekend, And aside from Fulham versus Barnsley, of course. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, lads. J-Mac will be back in the hot seat to look back over the Barnsley game. And I expect the show will drop on Monday morning. Until then, everybody, have a great week and I'll see you soon. Cheers.